I mean, I wouldn't want to disrespect the Rangers, but it's a it's a bigger job. What is to be the Bournemouth manager? Welcome to Talking Tin Pot, the podcast your man could score on. My players were absolutely shattered out there. I mean, uh, I had a ding dong with. Enjoyed that ding dong when you were well on track, and then. We want people to stay at home to stop the spread of coronavirus. What happened there was... Welcome back to the show, listeners. You are here with Josh Cameron. Hello. And Jordan. How's it going? How are we doing this week, gentlemen? Good. Very good, actually. Very good now. Cammy's very good. He'll get to that. Um, We're over the hump. Cammy, I, I, I thought that was tomato juice you were drinking there. I thought you might be on the, what, what they called the they posh uh, vodka. Uh, uh, vodka no, daiquiris or something like that. No, no, that's strawberry daiquiris. Everybody drinks them. Uh, talk, uh, what they called with tomato juice? Daiquiris and the Marys. Uh, I thought you were calling them after their no, uh, manager's been, been sacked. No, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, Tesco Apple and Blackcurrant. I didn't celebrate, I didn't celebrate too long into the night, but it was a, uh, it was just, just I, I can't even explain the staggering relief. Thank God it's over. Okay, well that is uh, we, we will we will allow you space to to get into that with some detail, Cami. But there has been a lot happened this week in the world of Scottish football, guys. St Johnson and Livy's cup final resulted and in St Johnson winning the cup. Obviously, Celtic have now. Sacked, relieved, he's left. Whatever the the whatever the score is with Neil Lennon, Neil Lennon is gone from Celtic. They need to now think about who they're going to get as a new manager coming in. And big news for the SFA: the lower leagues are back as of this weekend. But we will get into all that, guys. But let's look at the the big news stories uh, and let's go into them with a bit of detail with SPFL matters. Right, the League Cup, St. Johnson one nil. Livy in the final. We all watched the final. Some of us watched it in illegal streams, thanks to <laughs> Premier Sports, but we might come back to that later. St. Johnson's first League mm. Cup win in their history, only their fourth final in their history. This was a game of two... Oh, this was a game of two very different... It was a very different game for both teams in that St. Johnson played fairly well. They done, you know, they done well enough. Some of the players were very good and Livy were absolutely calamitous. Jordan, St. Johnson, what did you think? I I thought St. Johnson played like a like you'd expect like a Hibs or a, an Aberdeen like that sort of calibre of team that's chasing third spot. Um I thought they were they were well worthy of the, the trophy. And they're now the third most successful club in Scotland in the last decade. So, um, given trophies. So, I mean, um, yeah, what a, what a story. We all went into it thinking about the, the Livingston story. Um, that's a kind of uh, one that's kind of played out in the media in the short term. But the St. Johnston story going all the way back to the, the Scottish Cup, yeah, but it's in 2014. Like, it's, um, it's, it's, it's quite some story. And I'm so glad that it reached... Uh, about 500 viewers in Premier Sports and 250,000 viewers in uh, Hesgo. Just to check there, Jordan, the, the, third, the third most successful team in the last 10 years. I'm I mean, so. saying the Petrofac's not... Is Petrofac over the League Cup? 
Because <laughs> why? I mean, I'm sure the situation in three months' time. I mean, I'm sure uh, it'll be used up quite quickly. But I think we should let let's enjoy another moment until next week. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's look. Let, let's let's get into the specifics here, Cami. Sean Rooney. Wow, mm-hmm. what a performance in the final. Rampaging right back. Strange, strange. You'll know obviously a lot about Sean Rooney, Cami. Um, obviously, having played in the lower leagues for a good long time, Jordan. You'll obviously remember. Sean Rooney's first club, won't you? Uh, I'll be in Rovers. Right, okay, that's a strange guess. No, it's Queen's Park, obviously. Which, <laughs> interestingly, um, you know, um, another uh, kind of um, another Queen's Park graduate, albeit he's no went quite quite the same uh, length as mm. his uh, left back, you know, kind of pal Andy mm. Robertson. Cami, Sean Rooney. What would you think? Three three goals in five games. He yep. was absolutely, you know, it was just absolutely brilliant in the final. Um, he gave them nightmares all day, and we'll come to Livingston, but he just right. gave Livy nightmares for the full ninety minutes of the game. <clears throat> uh, Sean Rooney really is for me the kind of in terms of players that's come through in the spectacular season. He's got to be the shock of the season, like the one you couldn't even have dreamt up coming. I remember when we did the pod last year when they signed him from Inverness uh, and the clear out that ensued uh, when they had financial difficulties. Sean Rooney going to John's was just going to hit with a kind of shrug of the shoulders. Like, he just kind of felt like it was a squad player, a sub or something. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's, in, in my entire time watching the championship, like, he could hit a good cross. That was his kind of bread and butter was hitting big crosses uh, for the, the Inverness team, a giants to attack. But, what we've seen from him, especially in the semi in this final in particular, it's just his speed alone is causing absolute havoc. He's now able, he seems to be able to kind of cut inside and cause problems as well, mm-hmm. which I never, I can't remember him ever doing, but he's become an absolute player for St. Johnson just at the perfect time this season. Um, and those big games he stood out against Hibs and Livy. Um, we'll get into Livy, obviously, but the thing that stuck out straight away to everyone um, their manner of dealing with the Bells Hill Cafu, I believe. Um, is yeah. that Sean Rooney? Yeah, that is, new name? That, that is the Bells Hill Cafu. The Bells, so Bells Hill, Hill Cafu is his name, aye. The Bells Hill Cafu, right. So, uh, Livy tried to stop him with Marvin Bartley at left wing. Um, we'll come to that. We'll come to that, Cammy. Interesting. But that just shows you, it shows you how much respect they give them, though, that they've went. The entire cup final game plan has basically been based around stopping Sean Rooney. Um, it just shows you, I mean, if he can get that much respect from somebody as a shoot as Martindale, you know, clearly managers have pointed him out as a threat. But yeah, he was absolutely brilliant. I'd say, just from St. John's perspective as well, thought David Wallace probably the best game I've seen him have for a really long time. I thought he was um, a huge player in the middle of the park for them. But yeah, just disappointing. That, um, I mean, I, I wanted to come and see really positive things about the final, and I'll, hopefully, John could tartle up and tell us how great some of the players were. But I found myself at the end of it just speaking like a BBC Scotland pundit. I was like, poor, <laughs> unfortunately. And that was, it was completely, St. Johnson played brilliantly. Uh, Livy just, well, I'll let Josh go into that. But yeah, poor for me. It, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't an absolutely classic final, was it? Uh, for, for all it was yeah. built up. Uh, but Jordan, at the end of the final, when St. Johnson had went on to become, you know, this stat that everyone said, um, the second most successful Scots club of the decade, um, obviously two Two cups, uh, and out of the ten, out of the ten years in the last decade, seven of them have been top six finishes, which is just absolutely phenomenal yeah. for a team like St. Johnson. Um, but the nucleus of this St. Johnson team, Jordan, and and you know we, we all have a young team here, but um, 
the, the nucleus of this St. Johnson team is based around players that were born in Perth, uh, came through the youth at St. Johnson or, or supported them as, as kids, right? So people like Witherspoon, mm. Chris Kane, uh, Jason Kerr, Liam Gordon, um, Xander Clark, uh, mm. Stevie May, Ali McCann, um, and obviously Murray Davidson's, you know, he's a, he's a legend there now. Um, you know, that, it's just absolutely fantastic to think that the, this kind of small, small club has, has had su- such a successful uh, kind of process of, of getting young players from their youth ranks or, or you know, f- folk from the local area of Perth into their team and, and having success with that over the past 10 years. Obviously, it stems from Tommy Wright, but Calm Davidson has brought that into his team um, and and it's it really, when you read out that list of names, every one of them's a starter. I I don't know, no every one of them's from Perth though, but... Well, not all from Perth, but but, mo- but so that's what I'm saying, most of, most of them are either from Perth, supported St Johnston as a boy, or came through the youth. Aye, aye. Um, no, the, the, those names, and they were all, they are all starters and they're all, they were all Pretty much all in pivotal in the in the cup run and their successes over the last um, the last uh, decade. Murray Davidson, I feel for him. Um, that's two finals he's missed, but really nice scene seeing him getting included in the, the celebrations at the end. And he's been he was a he was a phenomenal um, player in the in the games up to it, particularly the, the semi final. Um, he's Mister St Johnston, I think he's for the the Borders like uh, Liam Craig as well. And Liam Craig, when you saw the, the Liam Craig's for the borders. Oh, sorry, I'm get sorry, I'm getting mixed up with Liam Gordon. And um, when you saw the image of him just kneeling down at Hamden, um, obviously what it, what it means to him, what the club means to him. I know he was a Hibs, but um, you know he's he's again another just I, I figure that St Johnston fan, young St Johnston fans are just going to remember for the rest of their lives, and um, it's it's amazing. I, I love a club that just overachieves. That's why I slate Aberdeen all the time because I, I feel the Serial underachievers in the last decade, but if you can ask that with St Johnston, <laughs> my God, they're overachieving. Yeah, I hope they. I hope they get it. Do they get in Europe because this? Oh, I don't think, I don't think so. No. Does, no. Yeah. Oh, not yeah. Um, Jordan, just you know, before we move on to Livy, uh, one one performance that really, really impressed me in the final was Ali McCann, who was you know just tacked over again. You know, just not a, not. A, I wouldn't say he. he you know, pe- players like Kane. And Wallerspoon and um, um, Rooney obviously got more praise, but Alan Cam was just you know just ticked it over in the midfield, fantastic again. And I think he uh, he's one of the ones that I think can go again to a different uh, another level. Um, and I just wanted to pose this idea to you. Um, I know that in all likelihood, Rangers, you know, there'll be people coming in in the summer to pick up players from Rangers. One of those players might be Glenn Kamara. I'm just thinking, would Ali McCann be a natural replacement to Glenn Kamara? Similar, similar styles, box to box. Yeah, it's really similar. Sits so much, so similar like that. Um, he's not gonna, he's not a goal scorer. He's no got goal. He's not adding goals to his game yet. But see that, just keeping it simple, keeping the ball. You give the ball to Ali McCann, you're likely not gonna lose possession. And I think that's the same with Glenn Kamara. Then you're right. Um, aye, why do they know? Why do they know? Look at him, or are they looking at him? Um, if Rangers are looking at him. Surely there are other teams looking at him. I just hope he stays. I, I, I hope he goes to a team that he's going to be um, playing. I hope he doesn't go to like a, 
a big English side where he's going to be farmed out or he's going to be playing the reserves or whatever. But he's, the guy's getting Northern Irish caps as well, international caps. Mm-hmm. Um, what a future he's got ahead of him. He's got a cup already to his name. Definitely, brilliant. Um, right, let, let's talk Livingston for a moment. Um, Cammy, you, you touched on it, right? And, and I'm mindful, right, that this has been done to death in the media. So, so let's not talk, let's not go on it for too long, right? But at the same time, taking your best centre mid, your player of the season, arguably, uh, you know, one of the best box to box centre defensive mids in the league and putting them on left wing. Uh, in a major cup final, Cammy, did Martin Dale overthink this? Yes. Um, I, I think the main difference in terms of the two managers and the way they approached it is that one manager, St Johnson, were confident in what they were doing in the league. They just turned up and did the same thing they've done for the last three or four weeks. Livy have clearly been a bit spooked by the fact that their form after the 10 games unbeaten, they've had a couple of blips and they've approached this to try and stop St Johnson player playing uh, rather than just kind of concentrating themselves and doing what they've been good at this season. The whole game plan seemed to be to try and, like I say, stop Sean Rooney, but it was very negative. Um, and even if you're doing that, I thought I understood it originally. I thought, you know, he'll put Bartley out there for 20 minutes, get a couple of tackles into Rooney early doors, just try and put him off a wee bit and then move him back in the middle because you're thinking he won't last for 90 minutes at left wing and... The fact he let it in, he just kept him out there. It's like you knew it wasn't working, so why didn't he change it after? But yeah, um, too much focus for even Livingston's game plan went on trying to stop some Johnson. And when it didn't work, I didn't see a lot of um, much of a plan B, much of a way back into it. Uh, they'll be gutted with that. You know, they'll, look, yeah. they'll constantly look back in that because it's a clear, tangible thing that they changed for seemingly no reason because he's trying to get a goal. And, and for, for me, see, for me, I think Martin Dale's got to apologise to Marvin Bartley because he's oh, putting Marvin Bartley out there. He's not, he's not a pacey player. Um, he's not a, you know, he's, a, he's not a, he's not going to, what's he going to do attacking? Uh, well, he is, he is good, but from a central area, um, you know, he's not going to go out the wing and dance past Sean Rooney. And, you, do you know what I mean? Um, and, and and that then mean that, they, you know, they played Lawson, uh, Steve Lawson at centre mid, who, you know, has a some game time through the season has not played a lot. He's came off the bench a few times, and the part fullback as well. He was no, he was sent. He sent right to Brilliant against yeah. Celtic when yeah. they um, they drew with him. Yeah, all right. But, but he put, you know he put he put him in there with with Holt um, in the midfield, and and Holt, you know, Holt's. I wouldn't say he's a, a naturally. He's not a ball winning centre defensive mid, whereas Bartley is. He's very good at retaining the ball. Um, and Holt, you know, this guy, he holds a guy built like the side of a fiver. And he's just, I, I just don't buy that that was a good partnership. Um, but, you know, you could tell straight away it wasn't working and they had options to change it. They had Alan Forrest on the bench, Cammy, a player you know well. Um, but even when it came into the 60th, 70th minute, he brought Mullinoff, who'd arguably been one of the best yeah. attackers in that game. And he brought... Um, he brought Forrest on, and it was just, it was just like for like subs. Nothing changed about the formation, um, and and you know, and that that you know that showed um, because throughout the game, St. Johnson just they just sat comfortable. They got their goal early on. It was a cracking goal, you know, Sean Rooney, brilliant header, um, uh, and and it was actually quite um, uncharacteristic of John Guthrie to um, to kind of uh, give away that that chance to Sean Rooney for the goal, but. You could see, you know, Levy made four subs to St. Johnson's one sub. Um, St. Johnson didn't, didn't really need to change anything. 
no. they're just Liverpool are just playing directly into, into their hands. And and they, to be honest, it, w- it wasn't like a this is Livy's final to lo- lose, but I think Livy definitely lost the final for themselves. I said it was written in the stars, aye. It's just it's such an anti-climax the way they shaped up. Got to give St. Johnson all the plaudits, but I mean, yeah. Um, Martindale said at the end um, that they'll, they'll use this to bounce back. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm kind of edging towards the idea, and I hope I'm wrong, but I'm kind of edging towards the idea that that run that they went on was a bit of a crest of a wave, um, and it was a bit of a new manager bounce. You know, it was a long manager bounce. Um, <laughs> Cammy, can you do? Do you think that? Am I being cynical? Do you think Martindale's got it? Um, yeah, no, I do, I do. He's been there too long. He's been involved in too many successes with Livingston. Um, you know, he worked under Hopkins, worked under um, Gary Holt as well. So he's been there long enough. You know, the club's in a relatively, even, even actually now, even with the drop in form, they're still pretty comfortable for a top six place at the moment. There's no pressure yet really on them. I think they've still got a gap of four or five points. Um, so I don't know. It's not panic stations yet. I think he will turn it around. Um, maybe not with the run of games they've got right enough. And I think in the top six split, it will be difficult for them. You've got an Aberdeen side trying to come back a wee bit, a Hibs side looking to get third, you know, a Celtic side looking to try and restore some dignity to their season. Rangers, it depends when about you get Rangers in that top six split, to be fair, um, as to how interested they'll be. Um, but it's tough. It's going to be tough for them. Um, but I think they will get top six, and then it's just just see what they can do next season. But I'm confident they'll turn it around eventually, Martindale. Yeah. Um, well, okay, Jordan, would you go with that? Is Martindale? Well, I mean, it's weird because he's, he has been there for so long, but you've only seen him in the, the manager's role really recently, and that's a large chunk of that's been this amazing run the big run. Um, just. Gutted for them with this, the, the, the form that they were wrong going into the cup. You usually say going into a cup final, form goes out the window, but that plus the, the shape change kind of turn them. But no, I believe um, starting tonight, obviously, with the Rangers game, um, they've got to bounce back. I don't think they'll do it against Rangers, but um, no, I, think got, I think they've got it in them. I think them as players as well, because it's not it's no like a. There's, we've said it again, we've said it before, sorry, that there's no superstars in there. So. If they've got a point to prove, they'll do everything they can to prove it. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so we'll, we'll all agree to disagree on that. I, I hope I'm wrong about Martindale. Uh, I, I hope I'm realistically, you know, looking at the table. Realistically, there are two two games in hand. They've, they've got two games in hand over Aberdeen, who are eight points ahead. One of them is Rangers, right? So we can take that out. Realistically, they could still challenge Aberdeen for fourth. Um, it's going to be tough for them though. But um, yeah, um, I think. Um, it's a, it's a very, um, depending on how their two games in the hand go, it's either a challenge for fourth or struggling to stay in top six, uh, which is which is a strange one. Tight. Yeah, tight. Okay, guys, um, across, uh, well, we were at hand in there, uh, across the city, uh, not far, uh, is over at Celtic, where there has been tunes and throw, two, there's been tunes and a thrones. <laughs> and Lennon's time has finally came to an end, Cammy. You'll be over the moon with that, <laughs> obviously. Um, no, I thought we well, said it. We said it in this podcast yeah. for weeks, didn't we, Cammy? The timing was so unfortunate. I'm sure it was like barely hours after we came off last week's podcast, and then it was like yeah. we knew it was close, but nobody yeah, knew like yeah, just, we knew, we knew close. 
we knew, I like, like you said, we knew it was, you know, he, he might get designed, he might design the next couple of days, but literally about an hour after we finished recording last week's pod. Um, I thought we might play a game this week on this one, guys. Uh, we're not, I mean, we're not going to do the failures of Neil Lennon because we've done that enough. <laughs> uh, you know, the failures of Neil Lennon, where it's went, you know, where they need to go now. But in terms of the new manager race, um, how about this, right? I want you to give me a probable, a possible and a left field, right? Right, okay. Um, now, we'll go, we'll, go the, we'll go with the probable first, right? Now, do you get the concept? Yes. Okay. Someone that's probable, someone that's possible, and someone that's just kind of going to come out of absolutely nowhere and, you know, the Celtic dads are going to go absolutely after he's, you know, like a, like a Pedro Cachina type, you know, like, where the hell is this guy came from? Um, so, probable, I'm going to go with John Kennedy. Um, John Kennedy has obviously been placed in interim charge of the team, I think that this is a model that they done with Lennon. This is how Lennon came into Manage Celtic, albeit it was at a totally different juncture to the one John Kennedy's in. I just think it's hard because obviously Peter Lowell's going out, but I just think that there is a probable po- there is a probable chance that the Celtic hierarchy will shite it and will just give John Kennedy the job for a year. Um Cammy, you're probable. Although I'll go for, based on what I've read this morning, Eddie Howe, um, <clears throat> because apparently... Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to refer to him only with vowels, so it's not Eddie Howe. It needs to Eddie be Howe. Eddie Howe. Or Eddie Howe. <clears throat> Sorry, Eddie the diesel not help me. Right, OK. My throat's a bit fucked. I'm, I can't do it. It's, 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 it's just these boxing career that you've got. It's these boxing promotions you need to. Yeah. Put, uh, that's a different. You know, that's a different person. We'll get into him later on. By the way, <laughs> anyway, um, I anyhow. So probable uh, he would have been possible a few weeks ago. Now it's probably that's probable. Um, news reports are saying that he's been contacted and is actually interested um, in the position. So. It, Really depends how how much interest there really is from Celtic, but they have contact from apparently. Um, he would be, I, I said before, he'd be an expensive gamble. I still think he would be an expensive gamble. Um, he did very well at Bournemouth in England, and he, he's still quite a young manager. Does play attacking football. It's not too dissimilar to the kind of style that Lennon did. But at the end of the day, never had a job of this magnitude. I mean, we've we covered this before. He comes with a few risks, and for the you know you're going to have to pay him round about the, the wages Rogers was getting for a guy who's not had that experience of like Liverpool or Europe. So an expensive risk. It could work. I mean, I, I still think there's no reason that you know he voided at Bournemouth for that five years is incredible, but this is a completely different ball game. Uh, this isn't keeping a side in the league. This isn't overachieving. You're not on the back foot anymore. You know this is a side that has to go and win every single week. And his only experience of that's in the championship in England, which isn't bad, but not it's not the same level or expectation we have at Celtic. So that's my uh, probable shout. Jordan. Probable. Um, let's go Steve Clark. Let's throw that in the mix. Oh. Yeah. So I mean after the after the Euros, uh, of course. Um the they'll approach him, he'll maybe be interested. Um, we'll go with him with a probable. Okay. Uh, well, inter- I've got him under possible um, because I think it's within the realms of possibility, right? But I don't think that 
I just don't see that happening. Ah, he's, he's, been, he's only been Scotland to the 2022 World Cup. But, you know, he, 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 I mean, he, he might have enjoyed Kelly professionally, but he hated managing Kelly personally because he was away for his family. Um, he didn't get to see his family really at all, and even now with COVID and that, you know, that's because his family all lived in England. Um, so that that was an issue for him. And I, you know, I, Steve Clark hates that the kind of old firm dynamic. Um, you know, I, I just I don't see it happening. But I keep, I keep hearing that. I keep hearing that about Steve Clark. He's made he's made a couple of press conferences about it. He's been really good and, and outspoken about it. But Neil Lennon had bombs sent to his house, so. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't accept that as an excuse for Steve Clark not to take the Celtic job. Celtic job's massive, and he's got a blank canvas, and like he's, he can't do any worse than what has been done this season. Um, so that's why I'm putting him in trouble. I, I I just I just think he enjoys he enjoys the life of a, of the Scotland manager. You know, coming up and doing his doing his Scotland job uh, and having his time doing it in England with his family. I think if a job in England came a calling. Uh, I think that's possibly a different, um, a, a, a different kind of uh, area, uh, but I, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, um, right, possible, um, possible guys. I've got one here, and this is going to be a bit weird. Um, Martin O'Neill. Um, I think possible because obviously, you know, everyone knows Martin O'Neill's connection to Celtic. He's in a very different place now from when he left Celtic with regards to his kind of his family and his his you know kind of, I think it was his wife's health and all that. But we'll not get into that. Um, but I, I think he's in, but, and I think there's a significant element of Celtic dads who want a return to the good old days of good yeah. a good Celtic man. And it's a bit like you know. It's about like a couple of years ago when all the Rangers stars were calling for Walter Smith to come in and take charge for a season just to get them over the line. You know, I, th- I think it's possible, but I th- like I, th- I think it'd be a bit daft. But I think based on fan pressure, it's something that Celtic board might want to consider. Cammy, you're probable. Uh, sorry, possible. Possible. So I'm, I'm just, I've kind of looked through the runners and riders here to see if give you as a possible, but I'll go for the possible. And I, I, I'm, I'm sticking, I'm sticking to the old Bartley's Premier League here because it's another one from there. Uh, a possible for me is, um, to be fair, I would actually not be from a more neutral point of view. Wouldn't be totally against this happening if Gerard was to stay, and that is Frank Lampard, who found himself out a job. Uh, at Chelsea so while it's po- the reason it's possible I mean it's purely money like he was a Chelsea manager he will not get anywhere near that money at Celtic but if he wants a big job that could obviously help his own portfolio in that same way Gerard's treated well slightly different to Gerard treating Rangers Lampard's already had big clubs before he's taking this on but um, I think from a Celtic perspective you know they were rivals as players obviously that rivalry as managers I mean I think actually the whole thing they could make of it. I think the, the Scottish Football League might actually pay half his wages just to come up here so the advertising will shoot up and we can have the, the Gerard Lampard derby and, and generate ridiculous interest. Admittedly, I'd be interested in watching it, but at the same time, it, it could get easily quite ridiculous. As a manager, it was, it was a good season at Derby um, when he was there in his first year. He went to Chelsea and took over a side that couldn't buy anyone and actually finished in the top four and did really well. Then he was allowed to buy people and it went very wrong. So 
a mixed, a mixed bag. Um, a mixed bag. I think he's not bad. Decent young manager, but um, again, the possible it's it's purely money. Like it's it would be ambitious and like Eddie Howe as well. Risky, risky. But I'd love to. I'd love to see it just for the clashes with him and Gerard. Jordan, your possible Celtic manager. Sean Maloney. Um, can coach it. The uh, on paper best world, uh, best international team in the world. Um, and what an opportunity it would be for him to take up, take over the reins somewhere rather than be someone's assistant or someone's coach. Um, knows the club inside out, is a supporter as well, and it would be our fans' favourite. Would they have learned a lot under Martinez at Belgium? Maybe so. Uh, aye, I'll go him as my possible Sean Malay. Okay, okay. Um, right, left field guys. Um, a name out of, not it doesn't have to be out of nowhere, um, but. Yeah. Um, so, so my my uh, left field name uh, is one. It's it's a name that uh, some Celtic fans some some Celtic fans will remember this guy. It's uh, Henrik Larsson. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, oh, there's been a few Celtic dads on the phone ins and, and on Twitter and things like that wanting Henrik Larsson and as the manager, uh, based on the fact that he's a good Celtic man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? um, Despite the fact that, okay, right, so there's a few factors in this, right? One, he has been poor as a manager. He's had, um, I think it's three or four stints as a manager, uh, and they've all been pretty terrible. Uh, he's achieved nothing and, and got sacked, basically, or had to leave. Um, he's now got a gig as the assistant manager at Barcelona. Um, and I don't know if you know Barcelona, but it's quite a big European club, right? <laughs> Um, I don't see Henrik Larsson leaving Barcelona, right, as an assistant manager at Barcelona, right, to come back to Bear in mind, he played for both clubs and he won a European Cup with um, Barcelona. I don't see him coming back to Celtic to be the manager. And I don't see the Celtic board realistically looking at his record and thinking, aye, do you know what? He'll do his job. Despite how big a legend he is, um, you know, Larson was a realistic name when they originally went for Dyler. That yeah. was the original idea. It was a tout throughout Larson then because at that point it was a little bit of a free hit. But I think, I think, yeah, that window's been and gone for the moment. Unless he goes and does something else in his managerial career, um, I, nah, I can't see that happening. Yeah, um, I, 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 you know, I mean, if you, if you use the Rangers comparison. Um, just because he was a big Rangers fan, Rangers once Gerard leaves, they should hardly go out and get Bob Malcolm to be their manager, should they? <laughs> um, Cammy, your left field option. The, the left field option, so the wildest kind of one. It's not. A, it's not the wildest. Your first two would be wild enough, Cammy. What do you? Okay. Um, right. So my, my, my left field option is a German manager Ralph Rangnick, um, whose name appears to be one of these ones that gets. Just throw it in there out of nowhere every time a, a semi-big managerial job comes up. So Ralph Rangnick is a, a, a very experienced German manager um, who had a lot of success recently with uh, RB Leipzig in Germany. He was part of the project to try and take them. I think he was involved in them for many years, part of the project to get them to Bundesliga and to Europe, etc. He managed the team, but is also well known for taking posts behind the scenes as well. 
So he's a very hands-on, almost in the kind of Arsene Wenger style management where there's, it's, instead of a director of football, the manager's got hands in every level. So he demands a lot of control and that alone kind of screams that he won't get the Celtic job because I cannot imagine, you know, Desmond handing over any level of control to a manager. But with Celtic's problems at the moment with director of football, um, they've been, been good on the press since Lennon left. Apparently, they immediately need to fill that position. This would be a guy who could do both roles and has done it successfully at big teams before. He's got ridiculous amounts of experience, experience in Europe as well, which I think Celtic might want to look at a lot more closely now that the tender is out of the way. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. There's been a couple of shouts. He's, he's nowhere in the odds or anything, but there's been tenuous media reports linking him. Uh, again, a fantastic appointment if you can afford or tempt him to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like I think what, it, what I read a kind of down of the odds of each person going to Celtic and the, the problem was with him was like, you would need to promise him a lot of money in a, in a transfer kitty and Celtic, you know, probably won't do that. So that's the left field one is Ralph Rangnick. Jordan, your left field option? Um, the current assistant coach at Western Sydney Wanderers, uh, Kenny Miller. The stats He's got got plenty of achievement uh, Sorry, he's got plenty of experience Managing in the SPFL Yeah, for 10 minutes Yeah, Eight days worth I'm hoping he'd be able to build on those 10 minutes um, With a successful season At at one of his former clubs Celtic Um, So yeah, that's my left field choice Okay, I like that Um (laughs) Okay, guys, a, a, a couple of names that we haven't mentioned. I'll just run through them, um, you know, for the sake of the pod. Paul Lambert, obviously, odds have massively shortened on. Martinez, uh, some Celtic fans are still hoping that Rafa Benitez will take the job. Um, yeah, a, a couple of other names. Jack Ross has been mentioned. I don't see that he deserves that. Um, Sean Dyche, hilariously, has been mentioned because, you know, he's managed at the highest level. Um, highest possible level imaginable. Yeah. Possible the, the whole Sean, I read, I read about the whole Sean Dyche thing. He was it only came about because of a talk sport interview where I can't mind some ex player said he'd be good for it, and then it's become like an actual link through one one of his pals and talk sports going. Oh, I think Sean Dyche should go up there. I don't know. I can't. I, I might even Troy Deeney or somebody. I can't. I can't remember. But that's where that whole um, up, that's yeah. where the link comes from. It's one talk sport interview. I think, I think you should go up there, like like going up there is like yeah. a, like sending somebody off in a missionary thing or like I know. on loan for work experience. <laughs> um, I I like send, sending them abroad for a bit of experience to you know like uh, I, I don't know. Um, I like. Well, I've I've done I've done Thailand or I've done or I've done <laughs> Scotland. I've done it. I've experienced it. Was, uh, it. I was just just said there it was Darren Bent. Darren Bent recommended him. No, thanks, Dan. And that, that's the entire link. And there's a man. There's a man that's played at the highest possible level. Um, another one. Another one that's odds have shortened. Cami, I'm wondering if you if you know this guy, Enzo Maresca. Enzo Maresca was a, he was the next Seville manager. Yeah, guy, um, guy, suddenly, suddenly odds shortened to three to one. Odds. Aye, like, I'm, not, I'm surprised odd. at that. I mean, I've had a cup for a Europa League with Seville, Sevilla. Must have he, he have might have um, well obviously they've won a few Europa leagues via um, I'm just trying to, I know he's been out of work a while Maresca I mean that's why his name's probably come into it but um, yeah it's 
No, actually, he was only assistant manager at Seville and assistant at West Ham, so he's never actually had a full management job, this guy. I actually remember him as a player more than a manager. I think he was, a, he was good in LMA 2007. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that's what the Celtic Dads will be hoping. They will be using LMA 2007 yeah. as their main kind of point of reference. I'd be, as he, he's an out-of-work ex-assistant manager. I, I, I'm surpri- I'd be surprised. Yes, that, that would be a weird one. Um, so probable we are going uh, Jordan, Steve Clark, Cami, Eddie Ow, uh, myself, John Kennedy. Possible we are going Jordan, Sean Maloney, Cami was, um, remind me. Frankie uh, Lampard. Frank Lampard. Yeah, Frank Lampard, I. Uh, yeah, Frank Lampard and <laughs> yeah, and myself, uh, it was Martin O'Neill. Left field, we have went Henrik Larson, Ralph Rangnick and Kenny Miller. Um, so we'll see how, if any of them, if we see Kenny Miller in a Celtic tracksuit anytime soon, that will be at <laughs> left field, let me tell you. Um, it'll be more at left field than Martin Bartley, anyway, let me see. <laughs> Um, in terms of how they played, guys, we'll not touch on the. We've we'll, 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 we'll spoke a lot about the manager situation. In terms of how they played under Kennedy in the first game, I've got two sentences written down: um, Brown deeper and nothing else. Yeah, yeah, no they change. Look- I, they, I, they didn't look, for me. They didn't look any different. Scott Brown was deeper. Was picking up more passes between the centre backs, and I think that was and the hope that because they don't have any width at the moment. Um, that they could get their full-backs pushed further up. Um, would you agree with that? They started Kamala as well, but I didn't really do anything else. They were, they were fine, I would say that. They, were, they got a fortunate goal in the first half, I think, and that was it. That's yeah. just against a team that can't score in Aberdeen. So. Yeah. Um, outside of that, guys, uh, the other big news happening this week um, is obviously Kami uh, Jordan, you will both be over the moon to hear that the lower leagues are back. That is League One. Yes. Uh, League Two, um, I think that's it. No, the Women's Premier League, uh, the, the Women's uh, Top Flight. I built some Highland Lowland uh, Scottish Cup ties can come back, but I think Highland Lowland, the juniors, uh, the uh, Women's Second Premier League uh, and all kind of other kind of lower leagues that remain under temporary suspension. Um, the reason that the clubs have been allowed to come back is that they have agreed to... Uh, undergo man, uh, undergo weekly PCR testing. So PCR, for those not in the health terminology, PCR is the gold standard of testing for coronavirus. It costs about £90 per test for a PCR test. So teams like, teams in the, SP, in the uh, top flight are shelling out thousands, you know, tens of thousands a month on PCR testing. The lower league clubs did receive emergency funding in December 2020. Um, 1.5 million to League One spread evenly. 1 million to League Two spread evenly. Who knows where that money will have went, uh, but they got it. Um, <laughs> so they're expected to be paying for their PCR testing now. Hopefully they've still got their money. Cami, do, do you think that Leagues One and League Two will last the full season? Uh, bearing in mind... Bear in mind that they're meant to be playing twenty-seven games this season, and you know some of them. I mean, some of them are on are still in single figures. Yeah, um, it, it, oh, it, they probably will. I think. I think they'll they'll get through it now. Um, I I thought there was talk about a shortened season, yeah, to eighteen games, but I think that's still to be decided. But that yeah. need, that needs crucially. That's an SPFL. <laughs> that's a big thing. So so that needs agreed with all the clubs. 
right? Mm-hmm. So if they were to shorten it to 18 games, uh, 18, it would be 18, yeah. If they were to shorten it to be 18 games, take League One, Falkirk are on 11 games played, so only, you know, seven games seven left. Seven games left to go, yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, so they need unanimous uh, agreement with all the, te- yeah. all the league teams in that one, so it's yeah, well, interesting. I'm not sure that they're, you know how these things work, the teams will just vote in their own interests. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know how that would go. Um, I think it's like, it, yeah, I think they'll finish it. I think there's been enough time to sidelines, enough preparation for this. Um, it was actually a point Jordan made earlier about the Cups is interesting. It's a bit unfair in them, you know, to ask them to roll up into Cup games against teams in leagues who have been playing the whole time because they've not, they're not going to have the practice. And the thing is, because it's been so, because of the way the announcement's been made, like players can't possibly have kept themselves fit knowing that this is going to restart because they've had no date, they've had no indication, they've just been told as of the last couple of days, aye, here we go, that's it. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think they'll get I think they'll get to the end of the season. I think there's going to be, there will inevitably be maybe one or two outbreaks or something like that, but I, I think in general that um, rates of infection have improved a, a lot with the vaccines, so I'm confident they'll get there, but it's just like everything else SFA do, or the SPFL in this case, I think, um, it's been a bit sloppily rolled out and it does come with a bit of risk. Yeah. Um, Jordan, you going to be wasn't to see the uh, bot- the bottom leagues back. Um, obviously, if it's curtailed, um, the way things are looking right now, Falkirk could be going up uh, potentially um, and Queen's Park could be going up potentially. Uh, but I think there's been questions. You know, if they can't complete the low- lowland and highland uh, leagues, um, it, it could mean then that we for once again we have no um, relegation from the league. So once again, breaking yeah. out of the jail. <laughs> I know, I know. You want them to be because you don't want to be you don't want the same mistakes to happen that they did last year. But that will be the thing that they point to, like the, the your hearts and your ball cups, your party thistles. That's what they'll point to. Like why why are breaking out to survive? Um, when we've been chucked under the the COVID bus uh, last year, <laughs> but I mean, and Cammy, what I was saying about the cops, like now that it's the SFA and the SPFL, so it's, this, it's a joint response group. But we've now since found out that it's they've not been making any decisions themselves. It's been the Scottish government that's told them that's given them the green light. Yeah, yeah. And then the joint response group's responsibility is to make sure that all clubs are um, given equal opportunity. But now you've got a situation where the Scottish Cup has to restart and we have to get that finished mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, so now on March the 23rd, I think, as yeah, you're going to have replays um, of the second round of the Scottish Cup. And you're going to have broader Rangers that have got now three weeks to get ready to play Heart of Midlothian, who have been playing every single yeah. week. We know they've been playing every single week, by the way, because I'm BBC Scotland every Friday night. But anyway, <laughs> that's another matter. Um, Broader Rangers and the likes of them Bucky Thistle they've, they've got a uh, contest in Inverness Cali Thistle it's a joke that's a joke and that's their only responsibility so was they happy at that but am I happy that the World Leagues are back yes buzzing anyway um, thoroughly uh, just just happy to get them on the coupons again uh, but I will not be touching it with a fucking barge pole in the first week by the way because um, <laughs> you know I, I'm, I, you know, you're, you're essentially putting 10 teams out in the league and none of them are fit uh, match, but anyway, so we'll see how it yeah. goes. Um, now, guys, uh, we are going to come to the next 
section of the pod. Uh, but Cammy, we thought we would allow you some time on the pod this week to <laughs> go on another honest rant about the honest men because the honest <laughs> men have finally relieved the duties of managerial duo. Um, Mark Kerr and who's your... Uh, Mick Mac- McCardle. Mac- 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 <laughs> he's uh, you back. Yeah, he's you back, boys. Yes, he's um, I'm getting my, my stopwatch here. Um, you, ha- you have two minutes. Two minutes, right, OK. I don't, I don't think I'll need even the full two minutes to talk about this. Basically, just a, a, a massive sigh of relief. Um, maybe I'm looking at it too optimistically, but this is all down to the new chairman because I've, having watched here for as long as I have, I know for a fact we would have let that situation roll on at the end of the season and we'd have probably ended up with the low leads restarting we'd have ended up back in League One. So I'm delighted that they've pulled stumps finally with Mark Kerr and uh, Mr. Ricardo. Um, it's just, it's all about who comes in now. You know, the, the, the last time we had three weeks to make an appointment and that's what we come up with. I'd like to think we don't have three weeks this time. We don't have that luxury. There's huge games coming up. Morton Saturday's massive. So I'd like to see somebody in the door as soon as possible. Just look for somebody with a bit of experience. Uh, Davy Robertson's mentioned. I've seen Real Kashmir. So that, that could be a laugh. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, he just... character that would be. That oh, would I know, be. Yeah. And imagine, you know, imagine, imagine the BBC doing a, like a follow-up. You know what I mean, David? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right. Aye, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> what a, nice, oh, what a shambles that could be. But aye, that, so he, something like that. I mean, Davy Hopkins, he was mentioned, and I think he's, he's worth a chance as well. Um, you know, Jim McIntyre's back in the fray. They're all guys who have a bit of experience. All the names I've mentioned so far are quite positive. So, and even James McFadden was looking for his name on last night in Sports Sound. Um, so he's not a good experience, but you know, just that way to have James McFadden as a manager would be quite an exciting Aye. prospect. Uh, even though I'm not sure it would work, but I so if he's looking optimistic, um, they had to go. It was it was as clear as day. You know, going to a wee bit more detail later on uh, in a different section of the show we'll get around to that but they, they had to go they had to go it was that simple and it's a shame for Mark Kerr I think he had the best intentions but when he came out as an interview last week after we lost to our broth and said nah it's not working I just I sometimes think we're getting the boots back on and going out there and fixing it myself and I genuinely believe how we let us roll on to Morton next week 39 year old Mark Kerr was lining himself up that was his solution. So I think that was, you could just tell at that point, you know, as a manager, you've lost it. If, you, if your answer's to get yourself back on seriously, then, you know, what chance you got. So, you know, all the, all the best to Mark Kerr going forwards. Um, you know, it didn't work out, but, you know, he, he, he's, he's got good contacts and a decent profile. Um, he could be a good manager somewhere else, but he's got to, you know, drop down and take a realistic first job, not one the size of where. That was that was a lot more diplomatic than what you told us before we came on air, Cammy. Um, <laughs> anything anything specifically you'd like to comment on Mick McArdle? Ian McCall said in the sports sound last night that uh, he was picking up Mark Kerr because he's personal friends with him, and he says the only bit of advice I gave to Mark Kerr is that he should maybe have got someone more experienced than his assistant, and I think that says it all. Very diplomatic. Um, okay, Cammy, that was your two minutes for uh, an honest rant about the honest men. Um, okay, guys, that takes us to wanker of the week. Right, guys, um, who has been a wanker this week, Jordan? Uh, I've, I, I was between two. I've, I've actually, I'm going to get them both in in this podcast because I've already mentioned the paper was turning the Scottish Cup as quickly as it is. Um, so I'll go with the SPFL. For this one um, on Winker of the Week, um, just basically for selling the Scottish League Cup 
to Premier Sports. Um, Premier Sports must have been the only bidder or, or, or the highest bidder, but I mean, you can you can you can argue the, the case that you should offer it to the BBC because it's going to reach more people and it's what a, a story it was and what a story it, it could have been if it was on publicly accessible television, the um, Livingston against St Johnston. I don't have the viewing figures for Premier Sports, but I know fine well that there would be a, a tenth of what they would have been or even less, like given if it was more uh, accessible, even if it was in Sky. I think Sky would have done a better job. Um, but yeah, that and selling the, the rights to it for um, the naming rights, sorry, to Betfred. The SFA has done the same way William Hill anyway, but all this talk about, uh, is it, who was it? Uh, Brian Rice gets suspended for gambling. I think I, I made the SFA my yeah. life yeah. What about this? But having gambling and fucking uh, uh, stuff like that, unethical stuff like that, as your uh, your headline only sponsor is a is a joke. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a totally yeah, wankers SPFL. Gammy, who's been a wanker this week? I'll keep this as short as I can. Um, so I'm referring to an article that appeared the Daily Record on the evening uh, of the relief the relieving of duties of Mark Kerr and Mick McArdle, entitled uh, Mark Kerr and Mick McArdle Changed the Culture of Air United. <laughs> Their hard work deserves six... Oh, sorry, you'll see that in the podcast. Their hard work deserves uh, success. Right, that's fair enough. I'm sure they worked hard. And again, Mark Kerr, lovely guy, sure he deserves success. But then you read the article, and good Lord. Uh, what, what it highlights is... Uh, a key problem, and I'm sure this isn't just an Air United-specific problem, this must be a problem for a lot of clubs, and that there becomes, through years of failure, there grows this very, very small club mentality where a certain group of people will do anything to defend their pals who are in positions of power, um, just regardless of how bad things are going. I mean, it was the same with Mark Roberts as manager, and that's why he got as long as he did. But this is just when... I've never seen it written down such a way as this, this is just beyond the pale. Um, it, it actually suggests that he can, Mark Kerr and Mick McCardo, and this is, you know, Aaron and I were second in the league, by the way, we need McAuliffe, just to be clear on this, uh, first playoff in years, a league title. They professionalised what we were doing. Um, and I would love to see what that was, because I certainly didn't see it in the pitch. Um, but it's just crazy. And some of the, you know, he actually goes as far, the article goes as far as to defend Mark Kerr's decision to pick himself at the end of it. You know, he's, he's defending all the excuses. Um, you know, a, a level of professionalism the day-to-day setup. I mean, the, the coup de grace for Mark Kerr was a nil-one defeat to part-time or both at home. How hard were they working? That's what, they're a full-time team. Where does all this, it's just, it just wasn't there. It's just, it just spits in the face of reality. And the, what I'm glad about is that I think the new chairman will move on from this. We won't have a situation where you know, you'll get it every club where there's every defending folks. They know them, they're personal friends of them. But here it just seems to go to ridiculous extremes. And honestly, go and read that article. It's absolutely bizarre. Like, even without even watching their games, you can know yourself from the situation. It's bizarre. The guy won 11 games in 63. It wasn't working. It clearly wasn't working for months. So just, um, you know, he, he's just written this to, maybe he's done it as a favour to Mark Kerr to try and get him a job somewhere else. Fair enough. But, you know, it, it's, it's hard to take after suffering that for months to sit and read a pile of absolute just myth. 
So there you go. That's my wanker of the week was just. Um, I was going to slaughter. Whoever, whoever, whoever was responsible for that article. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, guys. My wanker of the week uh, is an old uh, is an old wanker uh, to us. Um, it is uh, Jamie O'Ara. Oh, um, what no, I don't know if you if you've seen him on the talk sport. It was a few. It was good nearly a week ago. And it was oh, I, did, after, yeah. it was, I think it was the day after we we done the last pod. Um, mm. He basically basically came on to his talk sport thing, uh, and he came out with. Um, they were talking about the Rangers draw and who Rangers could get the next round of the Europa League, and he was basically said uh, that I think every Premier League <laughs> team would want to get Rangers in the next round. Um, I mean, and, and obviously uh, the, uh, the co-panelist Stanley McCoy was just quite, you know, shortly just gave an ex- an exasperated sigh, right? Um, and and he said, "Well, you've got to be honest, Ali. Um, he's in there. You're in there with teams like Roma, AC Milan, Napoli, and Ajax. You know, I think any Premier League team would want Rangers in that draw, right?" Um, but he then goes on to say, I think Manchester United are in the best position to win the Europa League. Uh, and Tottenham, uh, they can't finish fourth, so they have to go all out and win the Europa League, right? Um, so it, it seems to me that when you're comparing, when, when, you know, it seems to me with these English pundits that when you're comparing the, the teams in the Premier League to... Uh, Rangers or Celtic or teams from Scotland, um, yeah, they, they, yeah, they're, they're the you know oh, you would want that that Diddy club, uh, but then when they, they compare themselves to teams like AC Milan, Napoli, Roma, and uh, uh, Ajax, you know, huge, huge European clubs, you know, I told them get by them though easy, easily enough. You know what I mean? Told them, man, man, you're the best team they win win that league no more. Uh, and, and I think it's that like, we can set our watch to these shock jocks now. Shock uh, jocks, that's that. We, we can we can set their watch to them, you know, coming out with ridiculous statements about Scottish football, right? But what I as a wanker is the fact that these algorithms keep fucking bringing all this up in my timeline. I know. I want to hear it. I don't hear it. <laughs> because, be because, fair, I think it, I think it was me that put it in the WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, but, but because it, it, it would have it would have come up anyway, Cam. It because because I follow Scottish football. And these algorithms and all that, that will come up in my timeline as something relevant for me, even though well, I'm football, I the algorithm football is football. very intelligible. So yeah, um uh, no stranger to this podcast, Jamie O'Ara. Um let's let's just just talk about things you know. Um I don't think he ever won anything as a player. Um, so, obviously, he wouldn't know what it's like to have a winning mentality that teams like Rangers and Celtic have. He wouldn't know what it's like to win anything. So, maybe that's where the kind of disparity between his way and thinking is. He's never... Does he come? Has he ever won anything? I, would, I think he's won a league. I think he... I don't know if... I think he won the League Cup at Spurs. My feeling is he might have... It might have only been a bench appearance or something like that. Right. Okay. Um, that was 2007. That was... Yeah. 14 years ago. Um, yeah. The algorithm. The algorithm. Yeah, Cammy, quick, quick, quick. Sorry, just quick Google on that. Two runners up medals. Oh, um, sorry. Apologies. I'll take that back. Two, I think it's two runners up. Oh, no, no. Maybe he did, maybe he did win it. Anyway, right. But, you know, you're talking about the English League Cup, right? You're, but, we, you know, we're talking about like teams like Celtic, nine titles in a row. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
in Europe every season. You know, you know, it doesn't doesn't compare. Um, but I'll tell you what he did win. He did win the Isthman Premier Division in 2017 to 18 with Billa Town. So, the highest possible level there. So, uh, but yeah, no, wanker. But he's been a recurring wanker. Uh, Josh, just just before we close this section, I've just got a line. That, the, the line I was trying to remember from the top of my head, but I've just seen it here now. So that's from the article. But to their credits, Karen McCardle tackled the problem and got Ayr's defence sorted. They've um, <laughs> won ninth in the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, so that's for wankers this week. Um, the, the guy to Cammy's article, whoever the hell that is, uh, the Betfred League Cup SPFL debacle and Jamie O'Ara. Um, I, I mean, obviously, um, uh, I mean, we talked about uh, Jamie O'Hara is like a fat Eddie Hearn, isn't he? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, no, he's, he's, I don't know, he might actually be worse than Eddie Hearn. I don't know. Eddie Hearn, I don't know if he's a Scottish footballer. I, I, I just think Eddie Hearn's hilarious. Uh, he is like a, a, a he's, He's like a fat, made annoying version of Eddie Hearn that always <laughs> on Scottish football, didn't he? Imagine being paid to be annoying. That's what he is. Like, he talks about like, and by the way, he's a radio pundit, so he's he's, he's fat and ugly. He's not he's no um, attractive enough to be on like Sky Sports or something on the TV. So he's been he gets phoned <laughs> up. He gets phoned up the night before, says, ah, you know, there's this thing happening in Scottish football. We'd really like you to, you're the only one we really know that can come on and slate Scottish football without knowing anything about it. Can you come on? He's like, ah, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And <laughs> that's all he does. That's his career now. That's the highlight of his career. Oh. I, I would, I, I personally all, the would best, all the best to him. All the best to him. Okay, guys, that takes us to everyone's favourite section of the show. It's time for What Cost More? Um, this is the section of the show where it's up to Jordan to come up with financial figures from the world of English football um, and compare them to global infrastructure projects, charity drives and um, GDPs of sub-Saharan African countries. And it's up to me and Cammy to guess what... Oh, sorry, Josh. Josh, what's say it's worth, worth more. Worth more. What's worth more? I'm always getting... Very, very subtle but important difference. Yeah, I should, should not... Yeah, I should uh, uh, just say for a disclaimer for the readers, we did used to call it what's, what costs more... Uh, but really, after uh, analysing it, we thought we should change it to what's worth more because, you know, what is worth more? Is it English football or is it um, feeding starving African children? You know, what's worth more here? Um, Jordan, what's worth more this week? Yep, uh, spot on. So I think uh, I'll start you off with a wee warm-up one um, this week. I want to know what's worth more. The highest uh, Premier League annual salary or the upcoming state-of-the-art Aberdeen Stadium and Complex at Kingsford. Oh, oh. An order. Kingsford, Cammy. 20, was it 26 million? Am I thinking that? No, but more than that, probably. It's quite, it's quite pricey, the Aberdeen Stadium, at some sale. Um, Obviously, going to revolutionise Aberdeen Football Club, but yeah. what is worth more? Back. Back. That, Back. The, the, so the Premier League's Back. highest paid player, who would that? Is it Paul Pogba? The answer, answer may surprise you. The Gareth Bale? No, he's right. So I'll give you his figures, but he's on loan, and he gets a large chunk of his money from uh, the But so I, want, I want just a, a fixed player, good, and yeah. the answer may surprise you. But I've got to rush you for an answer. Right, right, right. Okay, so I, I, I'm gonna go. 
I want to get three for three this week, so I want to get this right. You've got no chance this week. You've got no chance this week. My feeling, my feeling on it is it's tight, but it's probably the Aberdeen Stadium. What do you think, Josh? A a stadium, I think. Yeah, it's it's, it's a bit. It's it's a whole complex, isn't it? It's not just the stadium. A lot of happy with that. Yeah. Yep. You are correct. Yes. So the upcoming state of the arts Aberdeen Stadium uh, and complex at Kingsford is forty-five million. It's going to cost. Yep. Um, in total, the highest Premier League annual salary is David De Gea, um, £375,000 per week. Fucking hell. Um, which, gives him, which gives him £19.9 million um, every year. He earns that. So, um, next up, uh, I'll, that was just a warm up. I'll, I'll, and I'm, I didn't expect you to get that right, actually. Um, but now we get into the meaty stuff, and it, it's off the back of Leicester being eliminated from Europe um, over two legs yep. by Slavia Prague, um, Leicester were unable to progress uh, past Slavia uh, and were stopped from reaching the furthest that they've ever went in, in Europe. Slavia Prague now face Rangers in the round of 16, um, and Rangers are favourites to beat them. So, what that one at Jamie O'Hara. Um, what's worth more, the Leicester squad's combined salary, that same Leicester squad, Mm-hmm. Their combined salary, or the entire NHS staff salary for NHS Leicestershire. Right, just the first thing I want to point out here before we get into the, the, the nitty gritty details is that Brendan Fox has never quit that much, I know. But they, <laughs> they, Does they, that they, help inform your answer to this question? <laughs> well, I mean, that's a factor. I'm, I'm sure NHS Leicester, right? I'm sure it's, I'm sure they don't quit either, they're not quite the Foxes. <laughs> Give them a clap, but they're not quite Jamie Vardy. So, um, I mean, I, I NHS Leicester, Leicester, is it that big, Josh? I don't think it's I, that big. I don't know that it's that big, Cammy, because I don't think Leicester, sure. I, 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 I've been down there once and I don't, I, I was a Leicester's on it. Leicester's quite big, but no, but I think would Leicester, oh, well, no, maybe I don't know. Is there any other massive towns that incorporates that I can't even remember? Corby or something like that, maybe. Go press you for an answer. Right, I, I, I think it, I, I'm going with the Foxes for this one, Josh. Yeah, would you? Fox, I'm going to Foxes. Rangers Foxes never quit, Jordan. You just think the Foxes are worth more than the entire NHS staff in Leicestershire, yeah? Just yeah. Yes. Sadly, you're wrong. Oh, um, no! Um, I know, I know, it's gotten, I know, it's gotten, I know. Um, Leicester squad combined uh, annual salary, 74 million. Um, NHS staff salary for this year, 517 million. Um, how, so, far, yeah, how far off is it? A uh, couple, couple of hundred million. Oh, but, right. You, you, you'd get um, about six Leicester squads. No, six. Right. The 25-man squad, six of them would equal the worth of the NHS and Leicester squad. Right. Oh, well, that's fine. Um, and if it helps the Leicester's owner, Ayawat uh, Srivanthana Prapa, is worth more than I think the NHS in its entirety. But that's I, another. Finally, finally, Jamie Vardy um, right. in that second leg um, defeat to Slavia Prague. He was described as looking seriously low in confidence and very wasteful with his openings. Uh, what's worth more? Uh, what Jamie Vardy earns in seven days or what cup final hero Sean Rooney earns in a year? Jamie Vardy. Easy days. Easy seven, days. Nah, seven days, no. 
Surely not. Oh, well, Cammy, 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 think of this, right? If mm-hmm. he earns, if Jamie Vardy earns about 100 grand a week, then that is going to be more than Sean Rooney in a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be, he'll not, Sean Rooney's not. Oh, Cammy, no, what does Jamie Vardy in a week, Jing? No, no, I'm having a think about this. I'm sure he get some blockbuster contract after they won the league. Because uh, Arsenal tried to sign him. Didn't they, so. most, most SPFL players, uh, most SPFL players out, out, sorry, most Scottish Premiership players outside Celtic yeah. players earn between hundred grand a year. For Sean Rooney, I would, I, I'm thinking fifteen hundred quid a week. So now, surely it's got to be Jamie Vardy, isn't it? Yeah. The Vardy party rolls on. Seven days of Jamie Vardy is worth more than one year of Sean Rooney, correct? Lovely. Um, 170k um, that legend earns um, yep. every Monday morning. And uh, Sean Rooney is on uh, one grand a week. So uh, 52 grand a year. Right, but the question you've got to ask Jordan is, uh, right, Sean Rooney is not a fox, so he <laughs> might quit, and that's why he only gets one grand, and Jamie Vardy gets the same period of time, 170. <laughs> yes. Uh, enjoy uh, the, the message is Sean Rooney enjoy your silly wee trophy silly wee major trophy um, but it's uh, the Jamie Vardy party, uh, party and um, that was yeah. this week's what's worth more ok guys that takes us to the final section of the show it's time for um, uh, the scores on the doors uh, we'll just do a quick summary of last week's scores guys it was a honking week for us um, basically, we got no predictions right. Um, well, Cammy, you correctly predicted that Celtic would win over Aberdeen. Well done. Um, you didn't get the score right. Jordan, <laughs> you and I both predicted Kilmarnock and Dundee United drawing. I got the score right on that one. Everything else was wrong. Um, so <laughs> the point, I know, nice. but the, point, <laughs> the points were one, one, three that week. Um, so that then means that the points stand at Cammy 106, Jordan 88, and Josh 92. Um, so me pulling away for you a wee bit there, but still seven games, uh, seven, I think seven games to be played. Um, so we will see. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how the predictions for Rangers go over the next couple of weeks, because it looks like they very much could be winning the league this weekend coming. Um, possibly it's one of these weird ones. I've had a look at the points the other day. Uh, we'll come to actually when Rangers say thing. Right, let's look at the games for this weekend. We do have two games tonight, but we will not be predicting them for the points because they've already kicked off. Um, so we will be looking at the first game this weekend, which is Aberdeen versus Hamilton. Cammy, what's the score going to be? Um, I'm going for one each. Okay, doke. Jordan. 2-1 Aberdeen. Okay, I'm going 1-0 Aberdeen. No goals. They have lost Hornby, um, who didn't get any goals anyway. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I just think they're lacking in options. Uh, and Camberry's not been absolutely fantastic like we all thought he was going to be. Motherwell at home to Livingston Jordan. Oh, Motherwell are getting better. Livingston 2 1, Livingston. Okay, I'm going to go 2 1, Motherwell. Um, if you know. Uh, Tony Watt, by the way. Cammy, <laughs> <laughs> Motherwell Levy. 2 uh, 0 Motherwell. Okay. Thanks to our sponsors of this weekend, by the, this episode, by the way, Tony Watt being one of them. Yeah, yeah thanks uh, for sponsoring us, What to Watch. 
Right, Rangers are at home to St Myrne this weekend. If Rangers now, if Rangers beat Livy tonight, then if Celtic, it's a weird one, right? I think if Celtic don't win this weekend and Rangers win, then they've won the league. And they're champions. Yeah. If Celtic win and Rangers win this weekend, and if Rangers win tonight, then then it goes to that weird stage, right, where Celtic have 18 points to play for, right? But Rangers are 18 points ahead. So they've literally won it on goal difference, if you know what I mean. They've won it, but it's goal difference. So Rangers would have to lose every single one of the rest of their games and and lose them significantly with the goal difference. Um, So, right, for that reason, I'm going to say, shockingly, 4-0. Cammy. Summer and great. I'll go for yeah. If it's strap up, I three 0 Rangers. Yeah, Jordan. Um, one each. Okay, strange one. Um, Ross County uh, at home to Kilmarnock Cami. Yeah, I believe in life after love, so I'm just gonna. Build myself up to be pumped. Uh, Ross County two, Kelly one. It won't happen. That's it's that's dreamland stuff. But we'll see. I'm going to say Ross County two one and all. Um, actually, I'm going to say actually. Do you know what? Two 0 One 0 Ross County. Let's go. Clean sweep. Come on, let's go and do. Okay. St. Johnson against Hibernian Jordan. Oh, I would love this one to be on TV. Yep. Oh, that is isn't it? Christ. Go to the Hibs, eh? Go to the Hibs. Yeah. Hibs, 3-2. Oof. Yeah, OK. Uh, that's a strange one. Cammy? Uh, I'm going... I'm going 2-0, Hibs. Uh, in different circumstances, with tighter, but St. Johnson are playing tonight. They played the cup final on Sunday. That's a lot of games, and Hibs will be looking to bounce back for last week. I'm going St. Johnson 2-1. Uh, I just think that after that cup win, they'll be riding the crest of wave and kick on. Um, you might have wanted St. Johnson Hibernian on the TV, but you'll need to settle for Dundee United uh, at home to Celtic. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, at home to Celtic, who um, basically could concede the title to Rangers on Sunday. Um, Jordan, what's the score going to be there? I mean, both teams absolutely have to play for as well. Yeah. Really. Um, so thanks, Sky, for that one. God, what's the score going to be? Uh, I think Celtic will win. Uh, it'll be a classic Sky Sports Sunday morning 4-0. 3-0. We'll go 3-0 Celtic. Okay. Cammy? Um, I, nah, I don't think it'll be. A, I just think if Celtic get in trouble here, they're going to be really that desperate to dig it out for, for Rangers to win it at Parkhead. I wouldn't think so. Uh, one each. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. If Celtic get in trouble, Cammy. And then there's also the added factor of let of having Rangers win the league off the pitch, which is always, you know, like, you know, if, if, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a bit if, shit. If they get any a bit of trouble and they think, right, if we, if we pull this out here, Rangers potentially could win the league at Celtic Park next week, or, or they could win the league today when they're not even playing and we don't have to deal with that. But yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not as big a consideration as you might think, but yeah, they'll, yeah. You're the pitch, it'll seep into your mind like going, well, hold on. If we, well, if we win this, what happens? You know what I mean? Okay, gentlemen, uh, that takes us to the end of the pod. The, the predictions have been made. Um, 
Well, I suppose the last one to ask, guys, would be um, are Rangers going to win the league this weekend? Cammy, yes or no? Yes. Yeah, I'll still need to see what happens tonight, but I'll go, I'll go, I'm confident it'll be in the next two games, aye, so yes. Jordan? This weekend? No, because I think after I predicted Rangers to slip up with some money, um, so no, nah, I'm going to go not. Yeah, I'm going no. I, th- I think it will roll over at Celtic Park the week after. Um, it is the week after, isn't it? Yeah. Aye. Aye, are we, are we, uh, next weekend coming now yeah um, so yeah yeah I, I think that'll um, I, I just uh, yeah I, I think that's uh, that would be very symbolic and it would be quite an incredible way for them to win the title at, at you know at Celtic Park after um, uh, oh no no it's uh, I think it's a yeah it's a week they've got a week's break I'm sure 21st it's on the 21st uh, so, yeah because they've actually got the two European ties uh, before then which is weird um, okay. Um, actually, no. Do you know what it might be? Is the rearranged Scottish Cup fixtures? Ah, yeah. Aye, yeah. Um, I can't wait though because they're going to. It's been no. Um, it's been a kind of closely kept secret, but they're apparently bringing out all their their players that have played for them and, and, and got them to this stage through the thing. So they're bringing back um, Shane Ferguson. I saw it on your Twitter, Josh. You looked at Shane Ferguson, Remy Street. Who else? Um, Harris Vukic is a... Uh, Harris Vukic, Remy Street, Gail, Biggery Manor. Umar Sadiq. They're all coming back and they're all... Umar Sadiq, yeah. <laughs> Every one of them clapping, you know. <laughs> Every one of them doing a huddle in the jungle. It's like, I see, remember, you know how the opening ceremonies at the Olympics where they... They walk around the, the track and all that, and they hold the flag. It's going to be like every yeah. every one of them in the different eras. Yeah. The... Yeah. Yeah. France and Dancer leading the way. <laughs> Kevin Kyle. Kevin Kyle. <laughs> okay, guys, that takes us to the end of the show. Um, thoroughly looking forward to the this weekend. Sorry, this weekend's game. Uh, Jordan and I and Cami will be going off to watch the Rangers game, which we know has kicked off. So we are um, looking forward to getting away and watch that. Listeners, uh, just want to say thank you for giving us a listen. If you can give us a like, share and subscribe. Or we are on all major platforming networks uh, like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Podbean. We are on Twitter at Talking Tinpot. If you give us a follow on there as it helps us grow our listener base. I suppose there is not much more to say, guys, except cheer up here, United. 